Hello, and welcome to The Neighbor Next Door, a podcast about the power and importance of neighboring. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, and as usual, I am joined on the virtual front porch by my colleague in neighboring, Adam Barlow-Thompson. Hey, good neighbors. We are doing some episodes from the archive here as we go through the holidays. And today we have um, an interview with Laura Andrews that was pulled in a spur of the moment phone call as we were recording. This was right after uh, George Floyd had been murdered and there was a lot of conversation and activity around race. Uh, A lot of protests were happening at this moment. It's a story of her neighbor um, responding to that moment in a beautiful way uh, supporting some some kids, some black kids on her block um, that were uh, trying to, you know, place themselves in this very strange moment. And so we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to The Neighbor Next Door, a podcast about the power and importance of neighboring. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, and as usual, I am joined on the virtual front porch by my colleague and neighboring, Adam Barlow-Thompson. Hey, good neighbors. Welcome to the podcast. This week, uh, we're doing what I'm, I like to call super fun happy hour. New, new segment from the podcast. The super fun happy hour. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems like you're aiming really high. The, I am the aiming really high. I want us to... We want to come up with some good news stories because the world is a piece of crap. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We we want to feel better. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, and if, if, you know, if we look at our lives, there's these pieces, right? There's good things in there. Um, Although I don't know. I mean, just, I'm just saying to call it the super fun, happy hour. I don't know if I've got that much good news. You don't have a story? I mean, I've got, you know, I've got stuff. Okay, I've got, are you willing to go with me on this for a second? I mean, it, it makes me nervous if you, if you <laughs> ask, honestly, but uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in. What's the, what do you got? I, I heard of a very touching and wonderful story this week. Okay, it's oh. from Laura Andrews, who is a mutual friend of ours. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think she's busy right now. I'm going to call her right now. and see if she, <laughs> Right now, you're going to call yeah, her. I'm going to call her. Let's see if we can... If she can tell the story, we will have the best podcast episode ever. So I'm going to call her. (laughs) All right. Buckle up. do me a huge favor (laughs) you want to you (laughs) want you want to say fuck that laundry and jump on a zoom call and do a podcast with us real quick like right now like like we're literally waiting (laughs) okay matt's gonna send you a link and we'll see you in like two minutes. Okay. Oh God. Okay. 
Bye. Okay. Oh this is great. This is going to be good. She's got the best feel good story that you, mm. that we, I mean, way better than any of the ones we could about neighboring okay. and racism and it's beautiful and you're going to love it. Cool. Our podcast has reached a whole new level. We are literally <laughs> calling our interviewers as we're on the <laughs> Zoom call. <laughs> I'm recording all of this because I just feel like like I just I feel like there's raw material here that people need to be aware of. Uh. Okay, so for our our podcast listeners, this is Laura Andrews. She is a friend of ours who's a pastor in the Kansas City suburbs, and we actually she's recorded an episode with us that hasn't been released yet because we were going to track her progress of neighboring in a new community, um, and we haven't we kind of, we kind of recorded the first episode and didn't get back to it, and so now we're gonna actually hear about how not necessarily she's neighboring, but how she's inspiring some really cool neighboring. And so will you tell us, just give us your um, version of this story that, that we want to share today. Sure. So in worship, you know, as hopefully churches everywhere have been doing, we've been uh, trying to, to foster this spirit and this call to anti-racism. And, um, and I've been trying to do kind of action steps in those in those sermons and in worship of, of sending folks with, with an assignment. And, and a couple weeks ago, we had the assignment to find one area where racism was part of our lives today, not a historical moment, but um, where, where is white privilege for us and where, where do we, we see it right where we are. And, um, and and give us just a little context of like who who who's in your church who's in your congregation? Sure, my church is like ninety eight percent white suburban upper middle class folks who right. live in cul de sacs for the most part. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that is that's my context, and and so there's a lot of folks um, who you know we were very we're in a very separated part of the city so it is a very white part of the city especially in homes that are owned um not rented and and so most folks neighborhoods are very white as well yeah so i challenged folks yeah i challenged folks to find one one area and then um and I said, and I asked them to share it with somebody, like whatever they found. I said, you can share it with me. You can share it with, you know, your spouse. You can share it with your kids. Just find a way to have a conversation about that learning that you're doing. And I got this email um, from Donna, who you hear from, and, and saying that this is, you know, this is what she did. Donna Zimmerman, and we go to the 9.30 service, and we've been a St. Paul's member for six years. At the end of last service, when Pastor Laura challenged us to do something more about racism, learn more about it, about white privilege, um, I wrote that down in my notes, and when we turned off our computer, I looked at my husband, and I said, what are we going to do? And like he always says, I don't know, whatever you tell me, whatever you say, dear. <laughs> so... 
I had thought about, um, we have neighbors who are uh, white parents and they have adopted five black children um, from different families and, and different nationalities. And, but they're fabulous neighbors and I thought, how could I interact with them? And so I was struggling with it, um, but then on Tuesday, I was driving, as I was driving home, after I dropped off my grandson, they had a Black Lives Matter sign in their yard. And I knew at that moment that was my sign that we needed to talk to them. The neighbors were, mom and dad were in the driveway, and so I pulled up and I came over and I said, Emily, can we come and visit with your children? And I told them about what we had been challenged to do at church, and we would just like to talk to them about it, and she just... You know, she just had a tough time even saying yes because it had meant so much to her. And she said they were so worried about offending the neighborhood. So she wanted to do that. And so that's how we set up then um, the time to go down and visit with And we had talked to parents and just said, you know, I we understand that their oldest is sixth grade. They go six to kindergarten. So things couldn't be real heavy. Um, but they did understand about what was going on in the world and about racism. So when we went and started, I just said, you know, we're understanding what's going on. And we, as your neighbors, want to know how could we help you feel more comfortable in the world? Or what would you suggest that we do? And their suggestions were just so simple as sometimes in a child's eyes. And it's just be nice, just smile to black people. And not necessarily to them, they just said to all black people. Um, just, you know, treat them as I, they would want to be treated, as I would want to be treated. And, um, you know, and, and that was really their message. Lucy had said that, you know, we are taught that God made us all. So if God made us, he loves us, and why can't everybody else love us for what we are? It doesn't matter what color we are. Lucy, the oldest one, uh, loves to run. And she wants to run track, and so, but she likes to run. And I see her many times on my walks, but like mom and dad have told her um, that she can't run in the neighborhood by herself. So she always has to take one of her older brothers with her. And so that's just one of the things I think that we always take for granted, because we have grandchildren who have run in sports, and they're allowed to squat and run in their neighborhood. Nobody thinks a thing about it, but in predominantly white neighborhood, to see a couple of black children running is just something that maybe you take notice mm -hmm. of. And so we don't want to take notice of. We just want to say, there's Lucy and there's Matthew out running today. Mm -hmm. And that's how it should be. Uh, the actions speak as loud as words. And so when we were sitting around the table visiting with them, we said, could we have a sign in our yard? And they all went, yay, and thumbs up. And that's why in the picture of them, Noah said, can I give a thumbs up for this sign? And we said, absolutely, you could. Um, so I said, now, rather than you guys just give me a sign, will you come and let's all put it in our yard together and then take a picture and, and make sure we live this moment. So that's what we ended up doing. They were all there and helped put it into the, uh, into the ground. And then we talked about trying to get other neighbors then to start including signs in their yard. You know, five years ago, I was probably in the camp of all lives matter um, because there was a lot of issue with police being killed and blacks being killed. And I kept saying, okay, but it's all lives that matter. Um, but over the last few years, as things have seemed to escalate, 
uh, and becoming more violent. Um, then I go to the parable of the shepherd with a hundred sheep. One is lost, the other 99 are saved. Well, we want that those 99 to be saved, but this one is in crisis. And that sheep can't get back to the other 99 unless we focus. Mm -hmm. And right now that is the black population, I feel. Mm -hmm. And so we have to focus to help get them back into the flock. We can't just say, come on, get back here, we'll treat you equal. We've got to focus on steps that can get them there so they begin to feel like they're one of the flock again. So I have changed um, you know, to the Black Lives Matter. I, I, I understand, I get it now. If we start looking at um, other pockets of what's going on in our life, then we can understand black lives do matter. Mm -hmm. It's not all lives, it's black lives. Um, so that's, I think, how we will move forward is not be a blaring in your face, but it'll be conversations like we just had with grandchildren and kids, um, as, as we will have with friends, over social media, over Zoom calls. Um, I'll just continue to advocate. story of Laura's awesome church lady being an amazing neighbor. So our this is why we called you Laura. Our goal today was to um, see who could come up with the best feel-good story. And I was like, oh, I don't have one, but I know somebody who has one. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's why I then was like, I'm going to call Laura right now and see if she'll be on the podcast. the story and I love hearing it because she talks about she was driving down her street and she's like god what am I gonna do where where am I gonna do this racism thing I gotta follow the rules you know she's like I gotta follow the rules gotta do that and and she um she saw their sign in their yard and she was like oh my gosh this is a sign from God and just whipped her car over and let it, it kept running. And the parents were in the front yard, not the kids, which also was good, you know, in terms mm. of like, what are the boundaries there and rules kind of, of whether this is appropriate, which I think is really a cool part of her story of she talked with the parents first and then they made rules for how the conversation with the kids were, was going to be. And then asked the kids what they thought. I just think she really, did that well and I think yeah. in a lot of ways that could have been done really not well <laughs> and she did <laughs> so well and so I'm proud of her with that but she um so she she you know told her neighbors like my pastor gave us this assignment <laughs> and she just like came out and said it like this too but it what was cool about hearing her tell that story is um what I noticed was how 
worried the parents were that this sign was going to cause division in the neighborhood and instead it caused conversation right mm -hmm. and and brought people together in a way that it wouldn't have before and, and so to have that conversation and then you know her learning from the kids and and they had what i love about it is that in that conversation of learning with these kids uh to have this goal for the whole neighborhood to have signs and i knew that because that was part of the email she sent me that they had this goal but when i went over to interview her i pull onto her you know whatever terrace or you know <laughs> cul-de-sac dead end road um, fancy street usa fancy street usa <laughs> and I knew it was her street because of all the Black Lives Matter signs um, in the uh, on the street, and it was probably every other one. And um, it was it was so cool <laughs> to see already. And that was only that she had emailed me Thursday, and that was Saturday morning. And already these other signs had popped up. And, and thinking just the conversations that have already happened in a couple days that had not happened before whether or not they had you know this deep long thing i just think that that's an act that like even how she shared how she went from all lives matter to black lives matter i feel like putting a sign in your suburban home yard feels like a really big bold move compared to maybe what they would have thought they would have done a month ago even and right. and i love right. that um one of the things i asked her was what prepared her to have that conversation with the kids, what her relationship was like with the kids before. And she was really, uh, she said, well, I'm embarrassed to say, I don't, I don't feel like it was, it was that good. And I said, well, tell me about it. And she said, I mean, like, you know, I'd make them special treats for Halloween and we have, you know, they, our driveway's really the, the hilly one. So they do the turnarounds in the driveway and whenever they're out in the front, we talk to them. And when they're running, I say hi. And I was like, it does, it doesn't sound like you're a not good neighbor. Like it sounds like you're a pretty good neighbor. And she was like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. And it was just an interesting thing about what it means to be a good neighbor and what like the expectations we have for ourselves to be this like, I don't know, perfect, <laughs> perfect model of, you know, living together and all, I don't know. It sounded like she was a good neighbor, you know, making treats, doing all those kind of like base level, what would you do for the kids on your block? And she knows all their names. She knew all their names before. I mean, that in itself right. is a oh. huge deal of, um, she knew all those kids' names and, um, and she wouldn't have been able to have that conversation if she didn't have all that layering of small stuff. Right. Right. Like, I thought, right. Can you imagine if that was the very first conversation <laughs> they ever had, mm. right. Of her yeah. pulling over and not shutting <laughs> off her car. And like, <laughs> I want to talk to you about your sign. I mean, I think that mom would have been like, Oh my gosh, we did it. You know, we're in for it. We're going to, you know, I knew this would be bad. Right, yeah. Exactly. Right. And just and, thinking how, how different that preparation was. Um, but what, so, so, so the thing that came from, from this video too, is that our, um, Luke, our, our community engagement coordinator at the church said, what if we have these signs for the church to, to respond and have in their own yards too, and, and to do this work. And, um, 
So we, we ordered them and went and picked them up and had them ready. You know, this was from Saturday to Sunday, but um, had a sign up form that, that folks could, um, could get. And we've had 21 people sign up in, you know, their wow. fancy, you know, fancy street name. USA um, of where that is and uh, I, I want to pull it up when they ordered they got to say what was the um, reason it said you know in line with our mission this is this is a way to share your justice oriented faith with your neighbors and those who pass by your home if you're willing tell us why you feel called to share your faith in this way and some of them are so cool so so um, one of them I want all all my neighbors to feel safe walking down my street. Um, I'm not sure if the sign will open up discussions with neighbors that may feel differently, but if so, I am preparing myself and praying for the right words to help spread the light. I am certain that the sign will encourage others who may not feel seen or heard, and I would like to offer that encouragement in any way I can that doesn't overshadow the message. Um, my 12-year-old asked if we could have one as a reminder to everyone who sees it to think about the injustices that exist in our society. For me, it is a tiny first step taking a stand because I know some of my neighbors don't feel the same way. Wow. I live in an apartment and I live in an apartment and I want my neighbors to know I see them and I'm willing to learn. I hope a sign would engage conversation with my neighbors when I see them outside. To engage conversations with my white, very Republican neighbors. I want my neighbors to know where my heart is. So what I love about that is like, you know, you guys always say neighboring begets neighboring, right? Of, of what that is, but, but it really does. I mean, just to, to share the witness of what it looks like to have a conversation with those neighbors is so beautiful. And, um, and so Luke and Jamie, our staff folks, when they went and delivered the sign Sunday afternoon to the first round of folks, um, took pictures with all of the the people in their neighborhood where they've put up the sign since then. And so, you know, I had 12 maybe that day and I sent them all to Donna and I thanked her for her story and for what she did. And she sent them to the family, her neighbors. She oh texted to her neighbors <laughs> and um, I'll read you what she said. She said, I forwarded the pics to Emily. Here's her reply. I just showed the kids and they squealed with delight. Noah said, yes, we are changing the world. <laughs> and it's uh, just so beautiful hmm. to think about. I'm glad that the podcast listeners can't see me cry. Right. <laughs> um, what it means for those kids to know that their name, like, like that is the answer to the question, what can I do to help you feel more comfortable in the world is to help spread that message and to do that in other neighborhoods. And it, and it just feels like there's hope, right? Because yes. it's not, it's not this mindless message. It's not 
nothing. It is a very located message in neighborhoods all over now Johnson County. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and to do that, but, but for a kid to say like that changed the world, you know, we're changing the world is so beautiful. And also it is right. And we think that it's, Oh, it's just a little thing and whatever, but it's not, you know, like Mm -hmm. it really makes a difference. I mean, for those five black children on that all white block to know that those, like they have several houses now where they know people see them like that does change their world. That changes the way that they see the world from now on. Like they know not only that their block is safe, but that white people can grow and can change their mind and can like, that's so huge. It's huge. And you know, all those pictures are white families and some have kids and some are single people and some are in apartment um, balconies, you know, in (laughs) there, that's the place that they can put the signs. But for the kids to also see these strangers, you know, they don't know them, but they know their story. And I think that's really beautiful too. Yeah, that's beautiful. It is beautiful. What else? So, like I said, I knew that I had the best feel-good story. I mean, (laughs) I didn't have it, but I was adjacent to it. And so I'm claiming victory. (laughs) That's awesome. It is a feel-good story. And I think I... I think there's like this fear of all the critique that can happen from a story like that too, right? Of like, was her language perfect? Or was mm-hmm. our, was the process perfect? Was it already, you know, as woke as it needs to be? What are all <laughs> the things? And I, and I just find it to be such a gift. What I love about, I mean, I already said this, but because she, you know, knows the neighbors, knows kids like being able to have all of those prep conversations to make sure what was okay to talk about and what wasn't and you know what moving forward and asking the kids to lead that like that is a neighboring thing right Mm -hmm. that's not uh necessarily anti-racism principles i mean it is but it also is being a really good neighbor um of oh maybe it's not as hard to be to do the work of anti-racism like it starts out just being a good neighbor and That's yeah. a that's a really good gift. Yes. Boom. Boom. Podcast finished. <laughs> <laughs> Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Neighbor Next Door. Uh, You can learn more about our work by checking out our website, www.neighboringmovement.org. And um, please like and subscribe to this podcast and let's let's spread the good news. So uh, thanks again. And until next time, happy neighboring. Happy neighboring. Happy neighboring. Kids, if they find out they're on a podcast, (laughs) they're going to lose it. I can't wait to tell them. (laughs) I mean, you should also tell them that nobody listens to it, really. But I mean, like, they're welcome to feel inflated about it if it's helpful. (laughs) But what if it makes one more person have a sign in their yard? I mean, it may. That's very true. It may. That's right, Adam. What if? 
And if you need a sign, you let me know. I will buy that sign for you. <laughs> Recorded right here. <laughs>